I'm Luka Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead and joining me. As always, my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com. The Ninja Nerd, the One More Thing King. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? I just want to know, can I claim, can I claim it, the the feud On your between, Cuban, <laughs> between Cuban and Ted Cruz right now? Because I haven't, I, I haven't seen uh, Darren Ravel, which I don't even know who he's with now. And, uh, who cares? Whatever. That guy's a yeah, man. But he tweeted out, and he's like, is this Mark Cuban's coming out party for running for president? I'm like, bro, if that ever, like, if this was, like, the stemming point, <laughs> could I claim that, too? That my dumb, like, I shouldn't say his dumb tweet because it's an incredible quote from J.J. Barea. Yeah. But, like. <laughs> but it's nothing to do with any of this. I just don't understand. I don't even know who Mark <laughs> Davis is. And now it's, I have random people in my life from back home in Kentucky and everything are like dude I just read this news article it has yeah. nothing to do with sports about Cuban and Cruz and then your tweet about like <laughs> basketball was in it <laughs> I'm like, I don't even know what's going on. I'm sorry. So if you're so lost, a lot of you that aren't on Twitter, Isaac Harris posted just a normal J.J. Beret quote. I think we even played the clip yeah, on did. this podcast. It was just about Luca or whatever. And a some radio guy in Dallas decide, you know, decides to tweet it out and make it about standing or sitting for the national, kneeling for the national anthem, which has nothing to do with the quote at all. But he's like, no. I'm ready for the NBA to come back, but if they're going to be kneeling for the national anthem, then I'm out, which is like completely stupid in and of itself. But he just wanted attention. Cuban responded by... And he just quote tweeted that tweet and just said bye. Then he had another response. He had a couple other things. And then Ted Cruz comes at him, uh, senator from... Uh, Texas, and he just he he comes at him and starts saying stuff to Cuban, and then Cuban starts saying stuff back to him, and now there's this feud between Cuban and Ted Cruz, and it started with your stupid tweet. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I just don't oh, understand man. it. I'm like, what prompted this guy to quote tweet my tweet? And I mean, I like I have a couple like new followers because of it, but it's just like I would rather welcome, uh, welcome. Not, if this yeah, is your welcome. first time listening. Uh, we should have people do like comment cards like at church. If you're a first time visitor, <laughs> check the box to see what brought you here. <laughs> yes. If you're a first time listener, please check the pew in yeah, front I'm, of you. I'm here um. because of the Cruz Cuban feud. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So good. All right. On the on the show today, we're going to be hearing from Rick Carlisle, Christoph Porzingis, and then we're also going to be talking about Michael Kidd Gilchrist. He is in camp. He made it to Orlando. He is there. And so we'll talk about him in a second. Uh, man. Appreciate everybody that reached out yesterday for our uh, responding to our intro. I thought that it was. Uh, I thought it went over really well. Jake Madison said that I'm probably the funniest person on the network. I really appreciate that. And then I thought, who's another funny person? And I couldn't think of anybody else. So uh, I don't know. If, <laughs> I don't know if that's a compliment or not. It was absolutely incredible. <laughs> and shout out to um, Avery. Yeah, my wife. Uh, yes, for I didn't mention this. Appearance on this, she's and, uh, she's the voice at the very beginning, and and it doesn't even sound like her voice anymore since I put that effect on it. But uh, she did a great job. Did it one take. 
seriously if y'all haven't listened to yesterday you gotta listen go back listen to the intro uh nick did a great job of making like a promo thing out of it and uh you can go to our, our twitter and stuff too and see hear the clip but it was it was incredible i enjoyed all of it my wife didn't fully understand all of the like ins- you have to be no. you know you, in mass you twitter have to world be a, to get a it. mavericks fan which is why i made it for this show like this show knows yeah. those jokes i didn't think it would go off like nationally i didn't think it would be a big deal because there's so many inside jokes in that even down to michael carter kid kid Gilchrist. yeah that was great <laughs> like there's so many things in there you got to catch so all right uh let's talk about michael kid Gilchrist. so he is there he made it you, we mentioned it on the pod yesterday he finally made it he spoke to the media today didn't say a whole lot seemed like and you can actually see the video of him talking on the, the Mavs YouTube channel. They, they put that video of him. I think it's just called Michael Kidd Gilchrist Interview or whatever. I, I searched that, and that was the first thing that came up. Um, he seemed so elsewhere, right? He just seemed so preoccupied. There's something. It was, a, it was a personal matter. There was a family matter that kept him away from the team. It wasn't like he had you know, tested positive for COVID or anything like that or dealing with an injury or rehab or anything like that. There was a personal matter, and it really seemed like it was weighing on him. So his answers were kind of... Uh, scattered it felt like and so hopefully everything is going well for him and his family I hope everything is uh, going all right so we're not going to talk too much about him but I wanted to bring that up because he did speak to the media on Monday and uh, we're not going to really play too much of that but uh, okay you have any comments on Michael K. Gilchrist no just I mean everybody was wait. it was a really quick media session uh, today Um, yeah they had to get uh, pretty much three sessions in within a 20 to 25 minute uh, span and uh, that is uh, Rick and then KP and and Kid Gilchrist so he only answered a couple of questions but the main thing we were all wondering him being one of the players that not um, was delayed in getting to Orlando I guess and he just answered that straight up of like hey he had some um, stuff personal things he had to handle with family of is how he, he yep. worded it from back home and and that's that and we leave it at that and now he's in Orlando and heck they might have to use him at some point so uh he's got to get ready at this point for sure especially with all this talk about positionless basketball and you know playing without you know Willie Colley Stein and uh, yeah, situational Boban is their backup center. Maxi, I mean, if Maxi goes down, all of a sudden Michael Kidd Gilchrist is like the backup five, <laughs> yeah. right? I mean, they they play sort of that small ball Rockets kind of way. So, all right, let's hear from Rick Carlisle. He was asked if the Mavericks are ready because the playoffs are coming so soon. I mean, it's just going to creep up on all of us. You know, this is our ninth practice today. Uh, we'll be off tomorrow. Our tenth practice will be on Wednesday, and then we're playing – the Lakers um, essentially in our 11th live practice day. So we've had more practices before our first um, scrimmage than we normally have before our first preseason game in a conventional training camp. So I believe that we're, we're moving very much in the right direction and that we're getting close, but you know, three scrimmages, the eight regular season games should have everyone um, ready for the playoffs. You know, I'm, I'm really feel confident about that. So, um, you know, and look, again, KP is a really, really important guy for us. Um, and, uh, and he's doing real well. And uh, so, you know, as we go forward, um, you know, we'll keep gauging, you know, the, the need for the need for work and the need for rest. 
but uh, you know, as of today, you know, we like where we are. We look forward to the day off to the uh, tomorrow, and we'll go from there. There you go. He feels like the eight games are enough. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I guess so. We just never seen the situation before. So, I mean, I think just, I mean, he thinks it's enough. So you just gotta trust him on that. But I mean, three. I think would eight games be enough if they didn't have the three skim, scrimmage games? That would be the that would be the kicker for me of wondering yeah, if they were just jumping. Games. Is it is yeah, eleven yeah. games enough or? If they were just jumping in uh, straight into that Rockets game, would eight be enough? I don't know. I guess with the scrimmage games, it's like ten and seven eighths games, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's like kind of what it turns out to be with the because they're going to be ten minute quarters. Um, so okay, we heard about them getting ready coming up. This is so weird. This is going to be so weird. Carlisle mentioned one of the things that's going to be happening in the arena. For fans to potentially interact. Hopefully we can get involved with this. We'll talk about it coming up. All right, Isaac. Let's get into Rick Carlisle's answer about the fan experience inside the arena. Uh, I don't really think there's a way to set this up besides (laughs) get ready. Rick, good morning. Um, What do you think is most important that players take away from their first playoff experience? And how will that be different in this setting? Well, it's uncertain exactly how it will be different. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, you know, I've had a tour two days ago, uh, myself, Chris Paul, Dwight Powell. I got a tour with Mark Tatum, who's the deputy commissioner of the league. Uh, we got a tour of one of the game sites, the biggest one. Uh, we saw the digital boards in, in, in their full operation mode. Um, you know, there's going to be pictures of actual fans um, on, on the digital board. So it will, it will look in effect like there are people in the arena. Um, those faces in actuality are people um, sitting in front of their computers at home who are watching the game being streamed on the computer. Um, their faces are on um, the digital board. And my understanding is that they have the ability to um, affect the amount of noise made in the in terms of cheering and stuff like that somehow on their computers. So this is like this is like next level like unbelievable stuff. Um, and so I expect the environment to be quite different because you don't have uh, actual fans and, you, and 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 the actual home court simulation of the environment will will be different. Um, but the intensity be, intensity will be will be there. Um, with so much at stake, uh, it's important that our players feel uh, what that next level of intensity is all about. A lot of guys have uh, experienced it, you know, uh, on our team at, in, in certain segments. You know, uh, Luca and KP have, have experienced it certainly at the national team level. Kleber, same thing. Uh, but NBA basketball is, uh, you know, it's it's an amazing. Uh, NBA playoff basketball is, is really one of the most amazing experiences in sport. And so um, very important that we get this experience and that we approach it from the standpoint that, you know, we're here to win. 
I wanted to play the actual question of that clip because it took quite the turn in the in the yeah. middle there. Went from ask you know Carlisle being asked about what should your players take away from their first playoff experience to well guess what we're gonna have virtual fans inside the arena so you're gonna be able to sit at home on like a Zoom call or whatever and you'll be able to affect the amount of noise that goes into the arena. I mean, are we just gonna set up like a thousand iPads or what are we doing here? I am so intrigued with what this exactly means. First off, what's a video board? I mean, is this a... Is it like, just like a flat screen the, TV turned like sideways, right? <laughs> I don't know. Is this going to be just a massive wall that's like a TV? Oh, one? You th- you're talking about like an LED screen like a, like a, yeah. at a, com- at a concert. Like, like the Cowboys screen. Hey, remember concerts? Like, that was a <laughs> Wow, concert. The 50-yard screen that's in AT&T Stadium for yeah, the Cowboys. Right. Can we just borrow Is it going to be like that behind like the scores table or behind the benches and on that they're just going to have like fans but like projecting fans is one thing on a screen but then how like how are we going to get actual people's fans like faces behind their computer screen on this screen how's I I just want to know there's so many things. So my my thought is maybe they do it like that, or maybe they have individual like video screens, like you've seen, uh, like digital signage for like basketball tournaments, right? Like they have the stand up screen that's like a rectangle, it's standing like hot dog style, and you have a whole bunch of stuff that just flashes on there. The uh, the mall, like if you go to a mall, they have those kind of things where it's like a you know a little billboard and it just rotates a slideshow of you know advertising different places, like something like that. If they could sit it in the seats, but your idea of having the giant built, the giant you know LED screen, basically, if you just have fans on there, how are they going to monitor what is pun intended? How are they going to monitor what is going on on each individual like screen? Right? Like, <laughs> yeah. who could stop somebody from just like you know flashing like some kind of symbol or flashing? You know what I mean? Like, I, mean, I just don't think it's going to be able to be here's live. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. They do this, and somebody like coordinates some kind of free Hong Kong thing. I mean, yeah. the NBA would. I don't know what the NBA would do. That would, that would be a very interesting th- to see what their response would be. But I don't think there's any way they can do it live. I mean, so I, I let, think back let to alone the, let alone like stripping or like anything, <laughs> anything yeah. of that nature, right? Like we didn't even go down that path of it. I think it would have to be something pre-recorded. Of them like sitting there or like dancing or what? I don't know. But how even is that know. possible? Because like, they have to be able to respond to the, like to the actual man, and then the latency of the broadcast. Like I don't know how they're going to do this. That's why but. I said. That's why I don't think it could be live. Just for that sense, that there's going to be like a lag, you know. And no matter if they delay it or not for language, it's going to be some type of lag. It's not going to be automatic there. And what if they have you record like twelve different, you know, emotions. responses? <laughs> Like oh, heartbreak, heartbreak, like MVP chant, like like your team just che- just you know what what sound would you make if your team just scored you know something like that and they just kind of like it all what together. the what the Mavericks do for their videos that they play back when we you know had home games in Dallas and th- when they would play the videos up on the screen and it's like Ferris Bueller's Day Off and they have uh, you know people's faces like players' faces and they like edit just the heads onto these like characters like Star Wars stuff like that. And 
but on that like that stuff happens on media day you know like they they'll have a room dedicated on media day players will go in there and then they'll have like a list of like emotions and it's like all right make this face make this face make this type of face make this type of yeah. face and then they'll just save all of those and then that's when you know and this company outside company will will take whatever expression will work in these like movie scenes and all this stuff and I just the I don't feature think presentation you be, thing the maps do where they put the that, the yes. players faces onto a movie scene or whatever yeah, and I just don't understand how they could do it live, and like you said, how, I think the only, yeah, how do you control it from your computer at home if somebody's sitting there saying, all right, big shot, it happens, and then hit the space bar for cheer, <laughs> and it's like, and who, how do you decide who gets, you know, I feel like that, I'm not gonna lie, when I, when I heard that, I was like, that's gonna be some like bullcrap stuff, you know? It's like we're gonna tell fans, hey, log into this, put in your email, and then when you hit the space bar, that's when it'll cheer. No, it ain't doing a darn thing. It just makes you feel like you are, and there's like no proof. Kind of like that. I feel like the the decimal thing for the NFL is kind of like that way. It's like get louder, let's go. Oh, the decimal thing. The Mavs do it at the start of every fourth quarter, and it's totally fake. I've been in there when there was no cheering like at all in some like it's in 2017 and 2016 where there wasn't much to cheer about. Nico Brusino's on the floor about the log is like 34 hey, minutes. I would cheer for Nico Brusino. That's an Argentinian I can get behind. All right. I, I don't know. This is everything was fascinating, and I'm glad he pulled back the curtain a little bit from it. We can, I'm, I think we could talk about this for the rest of the pod. <laughs> I think just all these different ideas and what they're going to do, but eventually we'll figure this out. Um, by the way, Carlisle also said the other day that the game was not going to be broadcast the first scrimmage game on Thursday, but Mark Fowler said that the, the Mavs are going to try to do something of, you know, they're going to try to broadcast themselves with, you know, Mark Fowler and Harper and the crew. And we think it's going to be on Mavs.com. So we think it's going to be yeah. streaming probably free on Mavs.com. So uh, it's definitely on League Pass. It's, it's coming up on my League Pass right now. I checked it today where it says, you know, the, the actual game. And then on the top, it usually says League Pass or ABC or whatever it's on. So it Is says, League Pass free right now for everybody? Ooh, I don't know about that. I pay for it. So I, I don't know if it, right, never mind. I don't know if I'm able to check that, but. Uh, might as well you might you guys might as well check it but you'll get the Lakers broadcast if you do it that way if you want to watch the Mavs broadcast I think we're going to do Mavs.com and if that's the case then at least I am going to do hot mic for it so uh, and everyone will be able to watch it you won't have to really even sync up because we're all just going to be watching the same stream so uh, yeah so we'll, we'll we'll do that if the Mavs are able to pull off the Mavs.com thing so that's for the scrimmage for Thursday here is Carlisle talking about Kristaps Porzingis some good talk about him today as he also spoke to the media. We'll hear about him, hear from him in a minute. But here's Carlisle talking about the importance of Kristaps Porzingis. KP is a great player, just flat out. He's a great team player. Um, he has high impact defensively, uh, offensively. You know, he's he's changing the game at the five position. Um, I mean, if I if I'm a young five man, you know, coming up through the you know the AAU system or, or whatever, I mean it. You know, I, I would aspire to have his his skill set, his physical skills. Um, here's a guy seven foot three that can dribble, pass, shoot, make plays, um, and has a, an amazing feel for the game. So, you know, I, as far as what we've learned, what we I think the, the, the biggest thing that we've learned is how 
you know, he 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 fits into how we're going to be playing. Um, you know, last time he played, he was playing with the Knicks. They were either playing the triangle offense, or they were just they were just in the in the process of of, of phasing out of it gradually. And so, you know, the spacing with that is is way different than than, than how we're playing. Um, so. You know, this season, you know, particularly the last month and a half of, of this season before the hiatus, um, you know, we saw how he fits into, you know, a five-out scenario with spacing and how his skill set can affect the game so in such a positive way. A lot of good talk about Porzingis. He's just special. I like how he said I'd love to have his skill set and, like, physical tools. Like, he's seven three. <laughs> yeah. You know, you're not – you can't just, you know, wish to become seven three. There's something just – you know, he's just born with that. Unless he found gonna... some kind of serum that we all need to know about, some kind of Captain America serum where it, it only half worked. He only got the height. He didn't get, like, the bulk part of it, but he's getting it now. Hey, he bulked up. He's getting the bulk uh, now, written by our own Isaac Harris on Mavs.com. Hey, that story came out yesterday, so uh, go read it on Mavs.com. It's on my Twitter and stuff, too. But uh, I'm actually going to reference something from that in a little bit. But I, do, I, I thought it was really cool. I said if you're growing up, and you're a five man, this is who I would want to emulate. Like KP's yeah. the guy. Because if you start thinking about like the people, y'all, y'all hear my kid in the background screaming. <laughs> um, but when you think about the kids that you want to emulate, if, if you're like a big man growing up right now, I mean, you think of, you know, Joel Embiid, Jokic, Towns, uh, Porzingis. It's like, I feel like a lot of people would maybe even pick Towns over. Embiid and Jokic just for the fact of like oh I want to shoot threes I want to, which Jokic and Embiid does too but it's like I want to like I want to be this like superb athlete but it's like I would say Towns is almost I don't know going down this Towns whole is, route t- yeah Towns is not like an incredible athlete either so uh, but he's like he's good athlete I would say he's, yeah he's a good athlete he's not really good defensively it's like I'll take Embiid's defense you know Jokic's playmaking yeah and like all this but it's like in a way, Porzingis almost has a lot of the like he can almost hand, like Porzingis joked today about him. If I have to play the one at times, you know, whatever. And it's like he can handle the <laughs> ball. He is seven foot three. Uh, he can you know hit the outside shot. He can defend the paint. And it's like that's why it wasn't a mistake that before he had his ACL injury that he didn't get the unicorn name. Like I feel like the unicorn nickname is kind of just like brushed past at this point, but. There's a reason why that was his nickname because nobody like he is such a unique player and the skill set for him at that size and yeah I mean it, it was just cool hearing Rick kind of compare him we're not really comparing but set the Porzingis bar up there for young big men growing up right now yeah and it helped that he was the one he was talking about at that point yeah yeah <laughs> for sure <laughs> and because Porzingis you know did talk to the media today and whatever and uh like I just said a while ago my my written piece that I talked to Casey Smith uh, about the you know about KP's because KP said this line and I don't think we didn't play the quote the other day to where he said it was a mistake right or did we? I don't think we did no I think we saved it because he said this quote the other day, and this is what started my whole story. And he was talking about just the shape that he's in this season, about him being this, about him bulking up. Every, every we were all talking about him being this Ivan Drago guy. And last offseason, I said last offseason, but it's really just the offseason. Off this past, I know. <laughs> yeah, because I've been thinking this whole time. Like sometimes we get like warped into like we just we came out of an offseason right now, but it's not. But KP said this. He goes, the mistake 
maybe I made was starting a new season after an injury, working a lot on the physical aspect. I really wanted to get stronger and get bigger. It, it was a big difference from right before I got hurt and how I was feeling on the court compared to how I started this new season. It took me a little while to start feeling again the way it should, I should be feeling. Now I know what works and what doesn't work for me. So now I'm finding the optimal shape I need to be in to be able to play at the highest level and feel the best I can on the court. And I thought that was fascinating because it's like, in a way, he admitted that becoming Ivan Drago last summer really wasn't the route that he, you know, looking back on it in hindsight, it's like, man, that really wasn't the route I should have landed on. It's finding the sweet spot, this balance in between that. And if we did a list and hopefully we can do like a whole like league type of uh, at least a couple pods before the season uh, gets undergoing underway again if we did a list of like players that you're looking forward to or like players that are getting overlooked but I think it'd have a massive like impact in Orlando KP's like top five for me bias or not Mm. that people are overlooking him that I think he's gonna have a, a monster showing in Orlando yeah because they're not they're not on the only teams people seem to be caring about are Lakers, Clippers, and Bucks, right? So, yeah, literally everyone else I think is overlooked at this point. All right, coming up, let's hear more from Carlisle about KP. We'll hear from KP about KP, all that coming up. All right, Isaac, let's hear from Rick Carlisle another question about Christoph Porzingis. He uh, he went home, but he worked at home. You know, he was uh, you know, Liv Haya is a is a small town. Uh, I'm familiar with the gym there because I was at his camp last year. Uh, early June last year in 2019, so I'm familiar with with uh, with the setup there. Um, you know, he was able to get a lot of work in by himself in the gym. Um, you know, by nature, he's a guy that loves to work on his game. He loves playing basketball. He's uh, learned a lot about uh, working on his body. You know, the last. Really, not not just since the, the the ACL surgery, but even even before that. And so, um, you know, he's been doing all the right things. Um, and you know, so far here, uh, I just I just love the way he's playing. I love the way he's moving. Um, his vibe is is very positive and energetic. Um, and uh, you know, it just feels like this whole. The whole situation coming off the hiatus is really, is really energized our guys, and I and I and I imagine that it's it's uh, it's the same with uh, with all the teams that are here. So Porzingis working on his game. Carlisle likes the improvement, likes what he's seeing. Good to hear Carlisle an update on Porzingis. Also, he had to throw in the I know what that facility is like because I have been there. And <laughs> to throw in that he had yeah. he'd been to Latvia before. That was a, I like that you threw that in there too because I think some people might not have known that, but Rick did go uh, to Latvia to work out there and you know work at camp for uh, for Porzingis and Slovenia too. Oh, my drawing a blank. Or he did it one time. Right? I don't know if it was last year. Yeah, that's a cool thing about Carl. I mean, remember when they drafted Dennis Smith Jr.? He flew himself from yeah. Dallas and yeah, in yeah. A, literally in a plane. he's a pilot. <laughs> Uh, and over to North Carolina to visit with Dennis and everything. That's a cool thing Carla does. All right, Chris Alves-Rosingas was asked about his position in playing, you know, whatever position he thinks he is and center for. What does he think he is? Yeah, I think the game now is is, is kind of open. Everything is – there's no specific uh, uh, positions anymore as, as it used to be, I think. And, and, and I play a lot on the perimeter. 
uh, and that's just you know we, we find ways how to utilize my skill set and you know, if it's a three four five it doesn't really matter you know in this, even in some situations I'm gonna be maybe playing the point guard or whatever so it's gonna be pretty open and 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 I don't think there's a I think it's it's there's, there's no really specific positions like it used to be I think so um, I, I think now uh, Coach Carlo is going to find ways how to really. Um, he, he, he's already found ways how to put me in good positions where, where he knows I can be dangerous, where I can help the team. Absolutely. He's going to find ways. And I think they were sort of starting to find those. I mean, the, his kind of, you know back to the basket, turn around, you know, jumper kind of thing. That's what's going to really work in the in the playoffs. I mean, we've seen Kawhi do that over and over again, and Porzingis is going to be that version of that, I think, for the Mavs because Luka doesn't really have that mid-range type game. He doesn't necessarily need it, but Porzingis is the one that's going to be dangerous in that area of the court. So if there's a team that gives up that area or if they put a smaller guy on, say the Rockets, I mean, he's going to be able to take advantage of that over and over again because I think they started to find different ways that they can – get in the ball in that mid-range that he can take some shots there. And then obviously he's going to be able to spot up from three. I mean, these are the types of spots on the floor that he's successful in. I think the Mavericks really were coming on to that towards the end. When he said, you know, playing the three, four, five, <laughs> he said, even at times playing the one. Throwback to Doyle's question a few weeks ago when he said, hey, what's one, you know, what's something you've been working on? And KP said, Hey, it's a secret. You have to see it on the court. Maybe it's a point point unicorn. Maybe that's what we're gonna get in Orlando. Some I'm uh, ready. KP's been giraffe gaff two point <laughs> uh, But no, this just that positionless uh, basketball. It's so wild to see. I mean, even like talking with my dad, and some sometimes my dad will like check him, like, oh, well, who's the center for this team now? Or who's the you know point guard? Who's the power forward for you know start? And I'm like, yeah. There's really not like positions are like kind of out yeah, right. now. Like it's it's not the trend, you know. It's kind of like a fashion statement in a way of like they're just not really in, you know. It's just basketball <laughs> players and uh, and all this stuff, and it's just kind of positions aren't uh, really in anymore, Dad. People are really just like being their own person and being. That their was own so player. the '90s. Come on. <laughs> All right, I want you to be able to hear the last two questions from Porzingis, so I'm just going to play them back-to-back. This is Porzingis talking about this historic moment that they're in in basketball, playing in this bubble, and then he was asked, how much are playoffs on your mind? And so I'm going to play those two back-to-back. Yeah, I think it's been great. Uh, honestly, we've been very cautious with everything here in the bubble, uh, and I think it's a good thing. And honestly, I, I believe NBA is, is the best league in the world in that sense. We're, we're, it's the best uh, association to be a part of and, and – uh, and we're just glad, as the Mavericks, we're just glad to be to be a part of this. And, and, and you know, this is going to probably go down in the history. You know, it's the only time that something like this will be done. And uh, we're here to be be in the moment, enjoy this, and and, and at the end, you know, uh, play the game for us and for the fans. Of course, of course. You know, I'm extremely excited for for the opportunity to be in the playoffs for the first time in my in my NBA career. Um, I had some experience in Europe, and I know. I know uh, it's it's a different uh, atmosphere. It's a different energy uh, when uh, when the playoffs are happening, and, and even more so probably here in the NBA. So uh, I'm extremely excited about that. We are as a team, and, and uh, we look forward to um, finishing the regular season first, and and then and then see where we end up, and and um, and that's it. And just 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 play the hardest basketball we've ever played, and and aim as high as we can. I think. Porzingis, from everything I've heard, he always mentions, 
I'm excited to be in the playoffs for the first time in my career. I think that means a lot to him. Like I think these, yeah. this playoff run means a lot to him specifically because he's mentioned it several times this year. And I'm excited to see how he approaches it. If he maybe clams up to it because he's been thinking about it for so long because it does seem like forefront on his mind. And, uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm just really fascinated to see how he's going to respond in a playoff situation like this. And we don't really know how anyone's going to respond in a playoff situation like this. I mean, when's the last time any of these guys played in front of no one, right? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's true. With no cameras, I guess. Maybe just, like, pickup games and stuff. But even their pickup games, like, the Drew League, right, turned into the <laughs> turned into the Drew League because guys were playing pickup and things like that. I mean, it's, it's going to be fascinating for everyone to watch. Yeah, and just, I mean... Yeah, like you said, how much the playoffs mean to him. I mean, when you're a a young star in the league, I mean that that's the thing. It's like he, he's got his he's got his money. Uh, you know, he's got <laughs> he signed he's, that five year deal. Yeah, he's making his money. He's you know he's made an all star team, and it's like, but what means more than anything to him and a lot of these young guys is hey they want to get to the playoffs. They know that's the next step in their career. They got to get their toes wet, then they got to build on that, and so uh, he wants it more than anything, and he's going to get it this year and. We are all very excited to watch that happen. Definitely. So there you go, guys. I hope you appreciate hearing some from Carlisle pretty much every day. So hopefully you don't get sick of hearing Carlisle's voice because he's, he's going to be a staple on the pod from here on out. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Maps. We'll be back tomorrow. Peace out. Boom. Boom.